podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. This is going up on a Tuesday. It was meant to go up on Monday, on Memorial Day. But, you know, it's a holiday weekend. Stuff happens. Say la vie. Here we are. We've got a really good show for you today. No Jamie or Andy. They'll be back next week. But I do have our good friend, Keegan Renault. We're going to talk about 11 a.m. kickoffs for Oklahoma. And that's going to lead us down a rabbit hole to discussing Oklahoma to the Big Ten. Yeah, it's it's one of those kinds of shows. We're going to do a little conspiracy theory talk. But before we get to that, we have a few things uh, to discuss. A lot going on in the Big 12 this past week and this past weekend. And let's start with the biggest one. The University of Texas women's rowing team capturing the 2021 national championship, their first national championship in the sport. They finished as a runner-up back in 2019. Uh, but th- look, this is this one was crazy. Texas has a come-from-behind victory at the end of the three events. There's three events in rowing. There's the 4s champion, the 2H champion, and the 1H champion. At the end of those three events, Texas, Stanford, and Washington were all in a deadlock heat tie. So what is the tiebreaker? It's the team that won the 1H champion. Well, guess who that was? That was Texas. So Texas crowned the national champions for the first time ever in program history. That is that is awesome. That is crazy. What a way to end that season for them. Congratulations to those ladies. That is, that is a fantastic job uh, by that team and head coach Dave O'Neill. Uh, that is rowing. Let's move on to baseball. Big 12 championship wrapped up in Oklahoma City this past weekend. TCU claiming the trophy after beating Oklahoma State in the title game 10-7. to And then the, the good news just kept flowing for TCU. Them, along with Texas and Texas Tech, found out they would be all be national seeds for the NCAA baseball tournament. Uh, they are all regional hosts, top eight hosts, meaning that they will host all the way through to Omaha. Regionals and super regionals. Texas with the number two overall seed. Uh, they'll be joined by Arizona State, Fairfield, and Southern in their bracket. Fairfield was that team that people were a little bit surprised to got in, but they were basically like undefeated in the regular season. They lost in their conference tournament. It's crazy. Texas Tech, the number eight overall seed. They have Army, UCLA, and North Carolina to contend with there in Lubbock. And TCU, the number six overall seed, will be joined by McNeese, Dallas Baptist, and Oregon State. Not an easy lineup there in Fort Worth, but one I think that TCU can handle. So three Big 12 teams playing host. Oklahoma State, the only other team to get in. They have to head out to Arizona, who's the number five overall seed, along with Grand Canyon and UC Santa Barbara. Uh, the, the the tricky spot, the thing that sucked the most, uh, the first team left out of the field was Baylor. Now we wondered if a, if a fifth Big 12 team could get in. Baylor, who went 0-2 in Oklahoma City, actually lost their last four games of their season two against Oklahoma and Waco, and then, of course, their two games in OKC were the first team left out. I mean, win one of those games, and you you think Baylor probably gets in. One of those last four, it was that close. Uh, Kansas State, not one of the last few teams left out, despite their uh, their nice end of the season. It's It sucks with Big 12 to only get four teams in. It does. Uh, but we've got a good situation here. Three teams hosting. 
feel good about all three advancing uh, to Super Regionals, and I like the matchups for all three at Super Regionals. TCU would face the winner of essentially the, the Old Dominion Regional. Uh, Texas Tech would face the winner of the Stanford Regional, and Texas would face the winner of the Florida Regional. So very exciting stuff. Games get underway for regionals on Friday, if you're a big fan of that. In softball, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State advancing out of Super Regionals and on to Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series, which gets underway this Thursday. Uh, OU and Oklahoma State in the same side of the bracket there in OKC, along with James Madison and Georgia. Uh, Oklahoma will open against James Madison. Oklahoma State will open, open against Georgia. We're back to a double elimination style here. So it's basically like regional play. When you get to Oklahoma City, you have two basically regions uh, and then a best of three series, kind of like super regionals. Again, I will lament that the committee just deemed it necessary to match Texas and Oklahoma State up so that they had to face off. Oklahoma State and Texas, two teams that were good enough and deserved to both be in Oklahoma City right now, but because of their matchup, only one could advance. Uh, Texas put up a hell of a fight, a hell of a fight. Took that Super Regional to three games. They won on Saturday, Oklahoma State winning on Friday. And then OSU getting a, a 2-0 victory on Sunday to seal it and, and go back to Oklahoma City for the second straight year. Of course, we didn't have a 2020 Women's College World Series, so they went in 2019, and now they're going back again in 2021. Uh, I just, I hate it. I hate when this kind of stuff happens. It irritates me when... Somebody tried to bring up the SEC like they didn't have like six host schools. Like eventually it's, it's going to be impossible. But we only have three teams hosting. You can you can move things around a little bit to avoid that kind of nonsense. Uh, but Big 12 got two teams in Oklahoma City. SEC got two. Pac-12 got two. ACC got one. And then James Madison making their first appearance ever, which is an awesome story. Awesome story. Shout out to our good friend Chase A. Kitty, who's a, who's a JMU alum and fan so that's awesome for them big stuff big stuff and finally college golf stroke play is over in the men's golf tournament we're on to match play which gets underway on tuesday oklahoma state and oklahoma advancing all the way to match play texas tech made it to the the fourth round on monday but were unable to advance tcu and texas not getting past uh, the first three rounds unfortunately tcu actually lost a tiebreaker with georgia tech on monday uh, morning, unable to advance there. So Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's number one ranked team in the country. Oklahoma State, number three, based off of golf stats rankings, which we feel pretty good about. And let's just put it this way. Of the eight teams that advance to match play, all eight are ranked in the top 11. It is a loaded field of teams. Joining an OU and OSU are Arizona State, Pepperdine, Illinois, Florida State, Vanderbilt, and North Carolina. The only way OU and OSU will face off is if they do so in the championship bout, the title bout. Fingers crossed we get a Bedlam title bout because that would be that would be crazy. That would be crazy there in Scottsdale, Arizona. We'll see what happens. Obviously, that gets underway on Tuesday. Uh, Oklahoma State will open against Vanderbilt in match play. Oklahoma will open against Illinois. That OU-Illinois one will be very, very, very interesting. Of course, as I mentioned, Oklahoma, the number one, number one ranked men's golf team, and Illinois joining Oklahoma State as the two squads to win the most events this year with five. So Oklahoma with four, not that far behind. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. It's a big time for the Big 12. Big time for the Big 12. Lots going on. Lots of teams still in action. Lots of teams to root for. It's exactly why we love the Big 12. It is a big part of why we love the Big 12. It is a fantastic conference, top to bottom. Cannot wait for regional play. Cannot wait for Women's College World Series. Cannot wait for match play today. Like this next 
from basically today through next Monday is just going to be tons and tons and tons of fun. And it keeps going to Super Regionals and College World Series for the Big 12 because I, I do feel good about at least one Big 12 team making the College World Series in Omaha. I also feel pretty good about two potentially doing so, but at least one's getting there. They just are. All right, before we get to Keegan, a couple things. First off, we are just about a week away from the start of Big New Saturday Season 2 for Home Field Apparel. And as we have mentioned here on the pod before, this first one up is Notre Dame, but there are two Big 12 schools coming. So I want to make sure that you understand two things. One, these are the most comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies possible. I wear my Home Field t-shirts all the time. They are my favorite. My Pistol Patty t-shirt, my Oklahoma State Pistol Patty t-shirt has been my favorite thing. I wear it all the time, especially when I'm watching Cowgirl Softball. Like, it is so incredibly comfortable. My wife keeps trying to steal it from me, and I'm not going to let her do it. We have to buy one of her own. My Marching Psy shirt, yes, my Iowa State shirt, it is incredibly comfortable. They are so, so, so great wares. Like, you... I am excited for the two Big 12 schools who are going to get added, just like I am so happy for the Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Iowa State who are already there, as well as the more than 100 other schools who are available on Home Field Apparel now. So here's the deal. If you haven't bought from Home Field yet, you need to remember this promo code, 1012, T-E-N-1-2. It gets you 20% off your first order. If you're planning to order now, if you're waiting to find out what those two Big 12 schools that are coming are, that's fine. Just remember this promo code. 1012, T-E-N-1-2, 20% off your first order. All orders of $70 or more get free shipping. That is double the savings. That is absolutely fantastic. Folks, even if your Big 12 tool is not going to get added and you're fine paying full price later, there's other promo codes that pop up. There are 10% off here, 15% off there. Maybe you want a Belmont or a North Carolina A&T or a UMass or a Houston Baptist or a Colorado or a Virginia Tech or Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State or Oklahoma State. Then use the promo code 1012 now, get 20% off, be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel there is. All right, Keegan Renault coming up here in just a second. Give us a follow on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Give us a follow on the Instagram at 1012pod. I think we're going to try to do something exclusive this week. We'll see. An interview or a video, pre-recorded video, something along that lines. Leave us a rating and review, please. I would appreciate it. Five stars and and let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you've got a suggestion or something you'd like us to try, we'll give it a shot here. We will. Keegan Renault, 11 a.m. kickoffs, OU conspiracy theories. Let's get to it. Philip Slavin of the 1012 podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. 
It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. All right, so earlier this week, or I guess last week at this point, uh, we got game times for the first three games for pretty much every Big 12 team. We know what when games and non-conference are going to be played. And if you were following along, you probably saw a lot of OU fans very angry, in part because they have to play more 11 a.m. games. We know how OU fans feel about 11 a.m. games. Uh, but part of the, and the biggest portion of the conversation, the, the angst, was over the announcement that Fox had chosen Oklahoma versus Nebraska for their big noon kickoff, which means it's an 11 a.m. game for OU Nebraska, the best eh, the best non-conference home game they have on their schedule. I would argue Tulane's probably a better game down there in New Orleans. But this is obviously an issue that Oklahoma fans have been dealing with for quite some time now. They've been the poster child of angry 11 a.m. fans. So it's a conversation that needs to be had because I am curious what's really at the heart of this problem and how it might affect OU moving forward. So our good friend Keegan Renault uh, through the keyhole joining us today. Keegan, uh, welcome back to the 1012, sir. Absolutely. I always love my time over here. It's, we, we, have, we tend to get off into different places at times, and that's what makes it the best because we just keep going. But I hope we – this is a topic we will get to stay on today because there's a lot to get to. There is a lot to get to. So let's, let's start here. Um, I get it. Now, I, I am, I am not, I do not fall in the category of don't like 11 a.m. games, but I'm also a late 30s father of two, two and under who lives in central Arkansas. So I'm not doing a lot of tailgating these days. So for me, I like 11 a.m. I'm fine with it, but I also understand why fans don't. So I, I, I think there's two different conversations here. There's why the University of Oklahoma is unhappy with 11 a.m. games and why fans are unhappy with 11 a.m. games. Those are two different conversations. So let's start with the fans because I think the university argument is more interesting and more important than the fan side. So I'm curious from you. It leans to me to one of two ways. They're annoyed because of tailgating. They want to go tailgate. They want to drink. They don't understand what kegs and eggs are, which, come on, OU fans, you could do better than this. And there's a certain level of respect that's been built around 7 p.m. kickoffs because that's been the prime time kickoff for years. And thus being put into the 11 a.m. spot, despite it being Fox's prime spot, is still viewed as, oh, it's one of those also-ran games that just aren't as important and we don't care about. It's it's interesting like mindset and and philosophy from like the perspective of it's yeah fans right like that's important part of like that side of the conversation but you know alumni donors I mean the local businesses it it kind of goes into everything and obviously the the run on 11 a.m games really hasn't been rampant until (laughs) Fox started pushing that 11 a.m time slot and it seems like it's become more and more you know where obviously, you know, Oklahoma's the name brand. Fox drafts your game or gets access or rights to your game. More than likely, it's going to be the 11 a.m. kickoff. Or if not, then we're going to put you on our 7 o'clock prior or secondary kickoff time um, where we'll have Tim Brando called for you because we all love us some Tim Brando. Anyways, I, I get and I think fans have every right to be frustrated. Aspect of this, like, Oklahoma's biggest alumni bases are in the state of Texas. They're not in the state of Oklahoma. They're in Dallas, Houston, 
Um, obviously, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City um, has a big, you know, alumni base. But, you know, for a Saturday 7 o'clock kickoff or even 2.30, I mean, it's, a, you know, reasonable to wake up, get there, stay one night in a hotel and go home. I mean, for these 11 a.m. kickoffs, you got to, you know, people out, you know, you know, Wichita, you know, Kansas City is another big market that people come down from. I mean, you can't come and, you know, reasonably do it in, in one night or one day and come down. You got to stay a couple nights. I mean, so that part of it, as well as like tailgating, obviously, you know, part of the college football pageantry and experience. And uh, Joe Castiglione talked or, you know, after the Board of Regents meeting last night, and you can go look at some of his comments in Garen Emig's column that he wrote, which was really good. Um, Joe, obviously, I don't think got into the finer details of why he said what he said. I don't know if he would actually say it. I know we're going to get into that kind of thought here in a second, but the, just the idea of, I don't know, consistent, these 11 a.m. kickoffs where, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, as you said, like as a viewer of the game that doesn't go to a ton of games, like I'll be going to more and more, obviously, as you know, years come around, the financial means come around, you can make those things happen. Uh, but like at the end of the day, they're just, it's not, it's not the same. I mean, it just isn't in terms of like the college football experience college football Saturday experience for a home game you know it's it isn't the same and you know a place like Oklahoma that really hasn't been able to showcase off their new stadium a couple times I'm sure there's some donors that have you know been donating large supplements of money that are like well you know (laughs) kind of weird that we're not getting to you know show what we've built here now we can during the day and you maybe can see it better but just in terms of the atmosphere that it creates you know, if anybody was at the Bedlam game last year, right, like, yeah, 33% capacity, yeah, right. I mean, it was 50% and it was fantastic. I mean, it, it like, don't get me wrong, like, I, you know, I think I've been to the shoe. Um, I've been to a couple, you know, obviously Boone Pickens, you know, Kansas State, I've been there for a game, Iowa State been there. So, um, but I don't, I don't know, there's, you, if you can get a primetime game like Nebraska would have been, it would have been great for a quarter. The atmosphere would have, right, quarter and a half, wherever, how long, you know, the game's going to last, depending on how you feel. But, yeah, I mean, it sucks for the fans in that perspective. And I think they have every right to be mad, too. Like, I, I, I think they sh- – they, I don't – and the other thing, too, I think a lot of people are mistaken, Philip, that the fact that, like, Oklahoma fans don't understand why this is happening. I think they do, but <laughs> – I jokingly said this, you know, two things can be true. One, Oklahoma is a major brand, one of the biggest college football, one of the biggest brands in all of sports. And like the fact that they can't, I don't know, have, you know, put their foot down and be able to say this, like, I get that because as you and I have said, like, if you really do look at, you know, don't be wrong, like Oklahoma getting into the playoffs, you know, Oh, you know, for however many times they have, like, that's a brand thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand that. But like, I don't know, they have been able to use that power much. Right. And from, I guess there's an inferiority complex. Of course there is with every fan base, but with Oklahoma in particular, where, wow, we, you know, we're, we've arrived, like we belong on this stage. Like we're, you know, we're a blue blood or this or that you know, Oklahoma fans kind of feel like maybe that we should have a little more say than what we do. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, though, like, I, I don't want every fan that you talk to that are Oklahoma people, they understand why, you know, this is happening and why it continues to happen. Um, but as I was going to jokingly say, we've learned online bullying does work, Philip. So 
you know, precedents have been set. So it's not shocking that they're an outrage. I get the respect issue and I, and I get the, we should be on, on primetime stuff. And I get that it's frustrating for fans to go to games. I, I do like tailgating is awesome. It's fun. Game atmosphere is great. And it does hurt game atmosphere. I get all that. I, I think two things, can, as you said, two things be true. I get the frustration with all the Oklahoma games that are at 11 o'clock, especially home games. Like the Tulane game, it's a road game, whatever. But the Nebraska game, from a outsider looking in, like congratulations, you're playing Nebraska. It's the 50th anniversary. That's really neat. It's really neat for Oklahoma. I don't think most people outside of Oklahoma, they'll build it up on TV. They'll make it a, a big deal. But folks, Nebraska sucks. Like Nebraska hasn't been good in a long time. And and it's so it's not like OU's playing a marquee opponent. And the fact that they're getting a prime time slot game while they're playing Nebraska, who's not very good nowadays, other than people still talk about them like a blue blood, even though I'm pretty sure their blue blood said it should be revoked, is uh, I, I think it's one of those like it's final nail and OU's taking it very personally. But I don't think everyone's like, okay, well, it's Nebraska. If you're playing Ohio State, we would, we would understand. If you're playing, oh, I don't even have to, Iowa. Michigan, it doesn't even have to be uh, the best of the best. Just somebody who's not, who's making bowl games and a Power 5 team, I would understand the argument. Now, if you want to talk about the issue with 11 games total, um, shout to Derek Duke who put in the stat that uh, Oklahoma has played 15 noon or earlier kickoffs between 2018 and 2020. It's a lot. But as you mentioned, OU is the premier brand. That had, and the Big 12 has the Fox deal. So between the Big 10 and the Big 12, they basically keep that to Ohio State, Michigan, and Oklahoma. And occasionally Texas, but even Texas hasn't lived up to their branding enough to be like, we got to put them at 11 a.m. Well, we will if they're playing Oklahoma, which that game's at 11 anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Like, I understand, I understand the frustration. I do. I think from the fan side... We've got to get past this, like, this is disrespectful thing. Because I do think, folks, the, the premier SEC game every year is at, or every week is at 2.30. Or it's supposed to be at 2.30 because CBS gets what they want, right? Like, every network has their spot. And it's weird that Fox picked 11, that they don't want to go head-to-head with ABC and, and, and whatever. We can quibble about that decision. I still think it's a little bit like, oh, we're not going to do that. But... I just don't think it's as disrespectful as OU seems to act like it is. Now let's let's unpack another part of this, right? Because Oklahoma is obviously a big, you know, name recruiting out on the West Coast. It's if it's impossible, it really is to get a kid and his family done with a Friday night seven o'clock kickoff in in California or you know Pacific time zone, wherever it may be, Nevada. Um, they're not getting to the airport at midnight, flying, losing two hours, waking up two hours later, and then trying to enjoy an official visit weekend. They'll either won't do it or they won't enjoy it as much as they probably should. So that is a big part of this, and specifically this year, whenever you have a an end kind of finally at modern day with Relique Brown, kind of a big deal where you're trying to keep him you know, away from what USC, and that's one guy, but you know, Malachi Nelson, obviously the next in line, more than likely a quarterback in the 2023 class. His teammate, Mikhail Lemon, and then the Branch brothers and Jake Taylor, Javante Barnes in Nevada. I mean, those are seven guys that could be immediate impact guys for Oklahoma down the line. Or not immediate, but impact players. And like now, 
kind of have to pivot a little bit, right? You have to be, okay, can you guys come in for the barbecue in June? Okay, can you pivot and come in for the TCU weekend? Can you come in for this? You know, you have to pivot a little bit instead of saying, hey, Malachi, this is our biggest recruiting weekend in a long time. You're going to be committed by this point. You're announcing your commitment in July, you know. Now, the flip side of this is I was looking at this. Modern day, Los Alamitos, nor Bishop Gorman have announced their 2021 schedules. Maybe okay someone off to get those games on Thursdays of the Nebraska week and still make this thing happen, right? But I, at the end of the day, like, if it's an unofficial for West Coast kids, they're not coming in for an 11 a.m. game. You know, 7 o'clock, you know, some families will make it happen, fly in Saturday, stay Saturday night, you know, go home uh, Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, ends, it does hurt recruiting on the West Coast, which is a, you know, can be a hotbed for Oklahoma. It's, you know, Arizona, Nevada, uh, California right now. So it can be. That's another part of it. it. It's a little bit smaller, you know, I think in terms of, like, I think things that matter here in, in the realm. But it is important and going to be a point that Lincoln's going to mention whenever – they have an impromptu press conference in a week or something to bitch about this because that's what Oklahoma does. So let's lean there because you're talking more school side. Obviously, recruiting is an impact. Um, it hurts the fans, which you know also can have an impact on recruiting if you get kids to show up and it's not a full house like you would like. It's not as raucous. We all, you know, that would be very excited for Oklahoma Iowa State, but it's going to be an 11 a.m. game, so that's going to impact that, right? So you don't get as vitriolic of a fan appearance as you would like. But I also think it's about more than just that. And, and here's where I lean toward. Let's lean toward OU side. Are you ready? Are we get? Oh, yeah. We want to deep. No, you, no, you got it. I'm just leading up. I mean, this is this is exciting shit. Sorry, pardon my French. <laughs> I mean, I do think from the OU side, this this, this leads into some things. How how far down the uh, conspiracy theory rabbit hole do we want to go here? I mean, it's not even that because, like, I mean, it's out there. Like, you know, if I was interviewing Joe Castiglione, I would let's be like, okay, you guys have said you want to be a research school. You guys have wanted to say you want to get AAU. You know, you want to be on that AAU academic level. Um, you guys are doing this. Your tier three rights come up next year. Mm-hmm. The grant of rights three years from now. Big 12 just tried to extend the grant of rights, but the conferences. TV networks allegedly did want it. I mean, which isn't Philip, it's here. Which, it's happening. I mean, it's here. Like, let's the stop, last let's point. Stop. Hold on. The last oh. point is like, I wouldn't do a new deal with him right now, anyways. When it's that far out, and we don't know what things are going to be like. Like from the TV mm-hmm. standpoint, that's not that's understandable. I, I get well, that. but I can um, I can unpack that from the aspect of why would Fox or ESPN want a long term deal with the Big Twelve if they don't know what Oklahoma's future is? And I think that matters. So Castiglione's statement that he put out about this, we are bitterly disappointed. You all know that Harbaugh statement. Uh, that the great Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century will kick off at 11 a.m. How many games of the century have we had in the last century? Uh, we tried every possible avenue to pro- proactively make our case. The Big 12 Conference also supported our strenuous efforts to secure more traditional time that would honor this game and our fans. However, in the end, our TV partner chose to exercise its full contractual rights and deny our requests. This is all aimed at Fox, and I understand that there is people in the people in the media who don't like the statement. And I've seen stuff from Joel Klatt, and Joel Klatt is a pro Big Twelve person. But you don't put out a statement like this just because you're grumpy, and definitely not if because when you're Joe Castiglione, because he's far too smart of a man to just put this out just to irk off 
those who are in charge. This felt like a shot across the bow. This feels like a and and a, a a warning of sorts. And as you bring up, you know the Big Twelve. They were all, we talked about the dollars that everybody gets from the conference and per school. And the Big Twelve is like the only one who everybody gets their third tier rights. They have they can sell those however they want, make however much they want. They want Texas has got a lot. Oklahoma's their third their third third tier rights are are very valuable, and they will be coming up for renewal next year. This June very much 30th, feels twenty twenty two. So this very much feels like a fox. You're putting yourself in a position when our third tier rights become available for us not to want to come to you because if we're going to sign a new third tier rights deal with you and you're going to keep putting all our football games at 11 a.m. when there are games we we have no opportunity to say, no, thank you. We would rather have it here. That's not how you build a good, strong, lasting relationship. I mean, that's in, we could, in anything. If we're gonna if we're gonna have a relationship and you're not gonna let me have any say in decision making process, then I'm not gonna give you the ability to have a say in the decision making process. I'm gonna take that out of your hands. And look, SEC would be happy to buy those third tier or the the ESPN would, SEC basically the same thing. The ESPN would be happy to buy their third tier rights. In fact, I would be really curious if you're the Big Twelve if you're not shopping them to others as well. The floor is mine. Okay, let's let's go back here. Okay, so in 2012, Oklahoma gives up their third tier rights. And I believe it's an eleven-year deal goes through twenty twenty, or sorry, ten-year deal goes through twenty twenty-two. I believe in that same year is when the Big Twelve signed off their thirteen-year grant of rights deal with Fox and ESPN. Then that set kind of the TV contracts and all those things, right? So Oklahoma kind of at the time was basically, I don't know, I, I hate to put it this way because this is a leap, and I said this before we came on. This part is truly a leap. And really, whenever they set all these deals, it made it seem like Oklahoma was wanting to position itself to do whatever it wanted to do by 2022, 2023 rolls around, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joe Castiglione's still been the athletic director. David Bourne was still the president at the time. They had the three, you know, alliance at the top with Stoops, you know, Bourne and Castiglione. And they've been very strategic. And Oklahoma always has over the history of what they've done conference-wise, what they've done you know, with their rights, what they've done, getting TV, you know, the conferences to sell TV deals, you know, they've been very strategic in what they've always done. So what they've done now, the Big Ten, this is where it gets real sketchy, right? Big Ten is going to be getting their negotiation window at the same time Oklahoma should be signing their new tier, you know, third tier deal. So where this goes, basically, like you said, is that we've now seen two instances where Oklahoma has basically publicly come out in the last month and a half with the Bally Sports Sinclair spring game issue, right? Where Joe Castiglione's basically speaking through Kerry Murdoch saying, this is BS, like we're mad, this is what's happening, put it out there, right? And then you have now where Joe Castiglione publicly has come out and reprimanded another TV partner. And that's what I said to you is like Sinclair had no business losing more money to Oklahoma because there was no shot in hell Oklahoma signing a deal with Sinclair, nor would Sinclair probably have the money to sign a deal with Oklahoma and give them the money. So, but this one is a little bit deeper, right? I mean, you, you get into it. I mean, you, if Oklahoma, whoever it's a year from now, right? I mean, you're looking at a year from now, Oklahoma could be signing their third tier deal and wherever that goes, whoever they sign with is probably worth what they're going to end up doing in 2025. 
so they can have a seamless transition into the conference, whichever it may be, whether it's sticking around with the Big 12, whether it's the Big 10. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot more fun ideas. I threw one out yesterday. Like, would NBC pick up Oklahoma's third-tier rights, like, and put games on NBC, all the home games on NBC? CBS has their deal with SEC coming up in 2024, Philip. That would be another intriguing kind of idea, I guess, go two years and get games on CBS only, like, you know, where you control the time slot where you want to play. But ultimately, Oklahoma's smart. They're going to position themselves to have a seamless transition into whatever they do. And like you said, I mean, all the breadcrumbs, as we've talked about, I've been on this podcast, you go from a research university to even more recently hiring two coaches in the Big Ten footprint. I mean, basketball coaches, women's coach uh, and the men's coach, both from once from Chicago, both from Chicago, Illinois area. So, you know, it seems like a warning shot of, all right, if you guys don't want to listen to us, you know, we hold, we control this whole thing. And if Oklahoma is the only school out there, Philip, that has this available to them, they have obviously heavy suitors from the SEC and Big Ten that probably want Oklahoma as a brand in their league. And Oklahoma, in my sense, again, like we both said, this is a warning shot of we're not going to play this game. And we talked about this before, like Oklahoma kind of has never used and wielded the power that they have like very often. I mean, I know Boren shut down conference realignment the last round. Don't get me wrong. I'm aware of all that. But, you know, you go back and look like really the last, the case that got the TV rights on, right? Like that's the, like Oklahoma when they want to swings the power that they have and wields it whenever their brand's as strong as it is right now. I mean, this is, again, I said this before I came on, like this should be alarms to every team in the conference of saying, oh my God, Oklahoma's really doing this. They're really negotiating. They're really attempting to maybe, you know, I even made this, you know, comparison, Philip, like, you know, Rayford Young went on that long rant in Oklahoma whenever Trey was in high school. And we come to find out after the fact that Ray was basically saying like, yeah, that stuff that this reporter is doing is not going to fly when Trey's at OU, like a warning shot, right? That's what this feels like of, okay, you want to, you know, F around and find out, like, we'll go sign our deal with ESPN and then make our decision after that. Because the Big 12, the other eight teams besides Texas, their third tier deal with ESPN that has a digital platform with ESPN Plus, obviously, goes through 2024. Texas has a Longhorn network. 2031 ESPN is probably on their knees begging Oklahoma to just join in with the ESPN plus for a couple years and figure it out from there. But it's a clear, there's an opportunity here. It's clear that Oklahoma is taking a shot at Fox. And like we talked about before we came on, this is a stretch here, but like, I don't know. Like it feels like, I don't, I don't know if Oklahoma and the political climate of Oklahoma would vibe with what's kind of happening in big 10 country and what happened in big 10 country last year. I don't know if any advantage, you know, the Big Ten may need every advantage it can get. And Fox <laughs> throwing a wrench into that, you know, that's, it's interesting. I mean, this is full, I don't, I don't think this is full, you know, tinfoil hat, get into the rabbit hole and start thinking of things. Like, this is reality. But again, like, this is a, I think this is like the first, 
I don't know, this feels like it now. Like, this is really happening. Like, this is the first time, you know, we've talked about it for a couple years now since the rumors of Oklahoma and the Big Ten have been around. But this feels real. Like, this feels, and I said this before you came on, like, heading into the season, I think this is going to be a real conversation. And it's unfortunate this is going to be one of the better years in the Big 12 in a long time, Philip. But now this whole idea of what is Oklahoma going to do in January and February? And if they sign that deal with Fox, Oklahoma State is now red flagged. TCU's red, you know, warnings everywhere of if Oklahoma leaves, like what's going to happen? This is where we're at, right? I mean, I Oklahoma. Yes, this is where you're, yeah. you're telling me to go down a rabbit hole. I went down one. I mean, oh. The idea that Oklahoma isn't considering its options as we approach 2020, well, next year, and then 2025, 2024, is, is foolish. If you're sitting there like, no, nothing's going to change. Nothing might nothing might change. The Oklahoma might stay in the Big 12. That's a, I think that's a, a realistic op- thing that could happen. Oklahoma could also leave. Like uh, To sit here and say one way or the other something's going to happen I under- is to ignore things everything everything you're talking about everything we've, we've been paying attention to so i think what oklahoma is doing right now is just paying is testing waters seeing what's going to be good seeing what's going to work seeing what its best options are and holding the entire fate of the big 12 in its hands not texas not texas this time last time texas is the one that screwed around with the conference it kind of feels like all right texas you had your turn it's oklahoma's turn to screw with the big 12 this year or this time around um I know we're just talking about 11 a.m. kickoffs, but I mean that's that's where a lot of this kind of leads to, and I, and and I'm okay with it being a little bit conspiracy theory because it's going to be conversations that are going to get louder and louder and louder next year in the off season and in the the years to follow. I think third tier rights. I think it's ESPN or it's Fox. Like I know the ideas of NBC and CBS. I don't I don't know how that would play out. What about Amazon? Time. Throw it on Amazon Prime for. Let Bezos take over the TV deal. I'm kidding. That's well, not happen. okay. Well, hold on. I'm going to say this because we talked about this on the pod Monday. But someone had asked the question of, you know, streaming with a, a Netflix or an Amazon or an Apple. And I, and I said, if you pay attention in if if Amazon decides to do deal with college football, they will treat it to me the same way they did with the NFL, which was just kind of dabble. You're going to dabble in it try a few things, build up a ton of data, and then from there decide what the best direction is going to be. So I don't, I couldn't imagine Amazon would come in and like buy their third tier rights, but I could see testing a game or two a year, co-showing a couple of college football games just to see what kind of stuff you got back from it, right? Whatever deal, it, it would be wise of, of with, the, with that opportunity for a two-year window for Amazon to like, hey, whatever you're going to do, let us, let us have some. Let's just let us let us just do this because we're going to test all the data and get all the information from it, and then we'll we'll make a decision moving forward. I, I think when I say OU has the fate of the Big Twelve in its hands, I, I mean that both negatively and positively. Like there are opportunities for what OU does next that could also benefit the entire Big Twelve as well beyond just sticking around. I mean, look at Oklahoma. Look at the situation last summer, right? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I. Yeah immediately after the big 12 vote comes out that, you know, there was two teams that wanted that voted not playing right last year. If I remember correctly, there was two or three now, like, don't get me wrong. I think Oklahoma voted yes in the end, but 
I, there was a caveat to that, right? Like it was very obvious that one of the power players in the big 12, Oklahoma or Texas was kind of hesitant on the whole deal. Now, based off what I've been able to gather, like it definitely sounds of Oklahoma was on a, was a, they didn't think people would pony up the money to get to the protocols and testing capabilities needed to play last year. And I think that's a, I think that's real. I mean, I, this is coming from the same place that was telling me, OU was the one that wanted to play in the fall and was sticking their neck out for it. And Philip, I know, you know, people, I know, I know people from other places that uh, were telling me the exact opposite of such things. And those places come from a good place. Um, Those things come from a very good source of knowledge, but it became more clear as that process was going on that Oklahoma was just more worried of like, we're really going to jump into this and test, you know, once a week or twice a week and try to get through the season. Like there's no way that's going to happen. So we need to do X, Y, Z, or we're not going to play, you know, and ultimately (laughs) comes out that X, Y, and Z are hit. It is played. The season goes on. But again, like last summer was the first time I kind of heard Oklahoma was wielding that power a little bit. So I don't know if they're necessarily feeling themselves at this point because they know how much money they're going to be worth to everybody in the league <laughs> in a year. And, you know, and like, I, how do I say this? Like last summer, even the conversation to me, Philip, was, okay, well, if you guys don't want to listen, we'll just leave. You know, kind of like what Utah did in the Pac-12. We'll just leave. Like, if you don't want to do this, we'll leave. And well, it's, it's it's what, you know, we made fun of Nebraska for it, but essentially Ohio State did the same thing in the Big Ten. They just did it more quietly. Well, Nebraska, you know, make all the statements, and Ohio State behind the scenes was like, we'll go do whatever the heck we want. We're Ohio State. So you, we're going to – this is what we're going to oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That came out so, this week. Yeah. Right. So Ohio State was like, we'll just go independent. We don't care. So schools are throwing some weight around that had the opportunity to. And, like, I think they're going to – it's just another brick in the like. What are going to be the long-lasting effects of of the COVID season beyond what we think and and think we know? And I think some of that is going to be part of it. It's so it's so fascinating. Yeah, I, again, I know this spins off from eleven a.m. kickoffs, but it is the bigger part of this conversation, and it is fascinating. And like you know, from the Oklahoma perspective, right? I I wish I had more. You know, at this point, we're a year out. Like I kind of feel bad that not feel bad. I'm more mad at myself that I don't have more Intel on the, where this is all going and heading, but you can't ignore it. Right. At this point. I mean, I know you follow a ton of Oklahoma people. We were all saying this yesterday, basically like, Oh shit. Like Joe's coming after a TV partner. Like he's not, Joe's not siding with you fans. Don't get me wrong. It sounds great. And it sounds like he's happy for that. You guys are upset and frustrated and you can all tweet at Fox sports and tell them how dumb it is. But Joe's more saying, F around and find out. And it's a, that's a scary thing. But at the same time, too, like, you have to respect that from, like, Oklahoma's perspective here. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of political ties that needs to keep Oklahoma and Oklahoma State together. Like, that, there's no denying that. There's a lot of things from an economical perspective for the state that there's reasons for that that needs to happen. And, I'm sure legislators here in the state will make sure that it happens somehow, some way. And, but at the same time too, like Oklahoma knows what they're worth at this point and they're using it. And I, I think anybody in their position would be doing the same thing. They just have strategically put themselves in a position where 
they're not having a network for 20 years that they're connected with one TV partner where they don't really have a quality exit ramp besides, oh, we just have to wait through 2031 to make a decision, right? And this is obviously kind of a shot at Texas. Oklahoma signed a shorter deal. They can get out of it. They can start prepping for another conference. The Big Ten, again, the Big Ten's grant of rights are up in 2023, Philip. The timing, again, doesn't – it all adds up. But at the same time, too, that it's, that's why it's, you know, this is more theoretical, yeah, conspiracy theory kind of stuff. But it, it also, it's hard to ignore, like, don't get me wrong. I, we all kind of thought it at the time, probably. He, Greg Flugauer is just putting out all that stuff on Twitter. And, I, again, when guys have stuff like that and it's come to fruition, like, I got to give them credit it's almost all lines up, man. Like this, we're talking tweets from 2018, 2016. The, he tweeted in 2016. I don't know if you saw my quote tweet last night that like Oklahoma 2020, 2021 will be the year. Like we'll know, like that was five years ago. So I've got his, uh, if you followed me on Twitter, like I I've got a tweet out that uh, I've got to a tweet thread that has both search queries that you need to use to kind of see everything that he said about Oklahoma and the big 10. But it's fascinating stuff. Sounds like the Big Ten, you know, per what he, people he were talking to, like wants Texas involved with this to get a Texas footprint. We talked about this, like, don't get me wrong. Like it would make a lot of sense for Texas to stay with Oklahoma. But again, Texas has a deal with ESPN through 2031. That would be breaking a deal with them, with Fox. Fox isn't going to allow that. And now we're seeing in a situation where the only power broker in the Big 12 that helps support all the other eight teams in the league is now saying, well, we're just going to dangle you guys out here. And if someone bites and we want to stay here, we'll stay here. If they don't, sorry, we're going to drop you and uh, go somewhere else. And it ultimately could impact a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of futures of programs too. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We're going to wrap here. Cause I feel like we've done enough damage to, and everybody's either like, None of this is going to happen. You guys are crazy. It's not going to happen. Where there's smoke. The same thing about Greg Flugauer. Said the same exact thing. I don't know what's coming. Something's coming. I would prefer the Big 12 stay together and figure it out. But all I'll say is a lot, of, a lot of damage was done at the last realignment. And I think, I think we're still feeling effects of that, honestly. Um, both of them. Both when teams left and both when they decided not to expand and add more teams uh, so, Keegan, has a I've got no here. comment on the last one. No, I know more about the first one for sure. All right, Keegan, as always, it's a pleasure. We're going to check out the work that uh, that you do. Yeah, you can. Again, I I always say this with Philip. My Instagram bio is I wouldn't follow myself on Twitter. I believe that. Um, but if you want to see and get into crazy. I guess more opinions nowadays about everything, um, not necessarily college football focused. I'm at Keegan Renault. That's K-E-G-A-N-R-E-N-E-A-U. And we do have, you know, the Inside OU podcast as well as our Patreon page. And the Patreon page right now is littered with film content, um, podcasts, interviews, all everything you can imagine. My post today was, you know, a deep dive into everything we just talked about. I mean, um, you know, and having those conversations, because again, like, we say this and we're, you know, you, you, you know, you Keegan and Philip are putting on that tinfoil hat and going full, you know, QA non-conspiracy theorists. But I, uh, at the end of the day, this is real. It's a year from now, man. I mean, this is coming and you can feel it. I can feel it. I know you can. And I'm, I'm excited.
but I'm also a little anxious to kind of see what the next seven months are going to look like behind the scenes. Nervous, nervous. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Podcast Network.